You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> um, it's, it's good to be here this morning. It's, it's great to be um, able to share at Centre Church. And, um, and we've been looking over the last four weeks at this series called Pray. And... Um, We've been talking about prayer in our lives and different aspects of prayer. How um, We've been talking about uh, faith, persistence, um, fervency, fervency in our prayer lives. And this week we're, we're going to be talking about the Spirit or praying in the Spirit. Um, and we'll, we'll look at Ephesians 6 verse 18. That's going to be our main verse and that'll be up there on the screen. Um, but I want us to read Ephesians 6, 10 to 20 um, together. So if you've got your Bibles, um, then turn to it. And if not, then listen up. So Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 20 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Amen. So that verse we're going to be looking looking at, it'll come up on the screen just now. It says, pray in the spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. There's a lot in there and there's a lot to be looking at in this passage in general. Um, Verse 10, the first verse that I read out, is the one that really sort of sets the scene for this whole thing. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And I think that's one of those verses, it sounds great on the face of it, doesn't it? Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Okay, yeah, cool, let's do that. Sounds amazing. But how? How do I do that? And that's that's really what I was thinking when I read that verse. I'm like, okay, yeah, cool, I'll be strong in the Lord and in, in his mighty power. How? How do I do it? And I think the answer is in really the rest of the passage. 
the rest of the passage that we looked at that talks about the armour of God and, and prayer, really. I think maybe the rest of the passage helps us answer the question of how. So, maybe you don't find it that easy to pray. I don't know. Maybe you're one of these people who can just go for it in prayer and you can just pray for like four hours at a time and, and just, just go solidly and never, you never falter in your words and you, everything just comes out and it sounds like you know what you're doing. Or maybe you're one of these people who struggles a bit to pray. Maybe you struggle to focus. Um, we've been having a week of prayer this week and, and as a church sometimes it's, it's difficult to even get everyone together to find a time that we can do a prayer slot that, that people are free and can actually come along. Because um, life kind of gets in the way, doesn't it? Um, sometimes it's difficult to know what to pray about. And sometimes you put people in a room for an hour and you get little more than, than a few murmurings and, and a lot of silence. And it can happen like that. Sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it does. But Jesus asked his disciples to watch and pray in Matthew twenty-six forty but they ended up sleeping. This is one of those moments where it was, it was Jesus took the disciples into the Garden of Gethsemane, but just before he's about to be arrested. And he knows that this is like a really important time and he needs to pray. And it's like a serious thing. And then he takes his closest um, couple of disciples and he, he takes them a little further and he says, watch and pray. And they can't. They fall asleep. And it's one of those moments that's like, this is a really intense, important time that you need to be awake and aware and praying and you end up falling asleep. Maybe you can put yourself in that category with the disciples. I don't know. I know that I have from time to time. Um, maybe that's where we are this morning. Maybe you find yourself asleep physically or hopefully not or spiritually when everyone, when everyone else seems to be aware and praying and maybe that's a struggle that you're going through. Or maybe you're the, the kind of person who you you pray from time to time. But when something really goes wrong, that's when you start to pray. Maybe that's like your, your prayer life is like when there's a crisis in my life, I'm going to pray a lot. Um, there, was, there was a farmer who was asked, in what position do you pray? What's the position that you take up when you pray? And I know that. There's the classic sort of like kneeling on your bed with your hands together and like praying in the morning. Or there might be, there might be lying in bed at night praying and trying to not fall asleep. I don't know. But this, this farmer was asked, in what position do you pray? And he explained that one time when he was out in the field, he accidentally tripped and fell um, head first into an old unused well. And he landed at the bottom of this well, head first, with his head stuck down in, in the mud at the bottom of this well. It was dried up, so if there was water in there, it probably would have been pretty, a lot more dangerous. But um, So he ended up at the bottom of this well, um, and he said, the prayingest prayer that I ever prayed was standing on my head. So the most intense prayer that he ever prayed was standing on his head. So for him, the position that he prayed in was when he was standing on his head. It's interesting, isn't it? Now, this is so cheesy, but it's not wrong to pray when we get stuck in the mud 
or when life puts us in upside down situations. Sorry, I just had to say those. I know they're cheesy, but um, but this passage tells us something different, doesn't it? It tells us to pray on all occasions. All situations in our lives require us to pray. There's actually no special place that we go to pray. You know, we we had a week of prayer this week, but we could pray. We, we put on events here at the church, but hopefully people were able to pray wherever they were. Hopefully people were able to find a time or a moment where they can just lift up um, a word of prayer to the Lord. There's no position that we need to adopt. There's no special way that works better than other ways of, of praying. Um, I think in primary school, we always got told to do hands together and eyes closed because it stopped us from fidgeting and messing around. I think that's the only reason, really. Um, we're called to pray always. If you're happy, then express it to God. If you're down and discouraged, then pray about it. Pray in work situations. Pray on holiday. Pray when you're with friends and people who are less than friends. There should be no situations in our lives where prayers aren't there. Prayer should be present in all of our lives. I don't know, have you ever heard it said about someone that like he is a great prayer warrior or she is a woman of prayer or maybe the other way around. They're not like exclusive to the genders. Um, sometimes these phrases can be used and I think it kind of sets like unreachable goals for us. Like to say someone, if I was to say like, Julian's a great prayer warrior. I would be saying that I'm not because I'm looking up to, to this level of prayer that he's reached. And I'm like, I really want to get there. He's this great prayer warrior and I'm just not there. And you sort of, you sort of speak well of someone else, but also diminish yourself as though they've got some kind of extra special gifting from God to be good at prayer. Or to pray better or more effective prayers than someone else. You know, we look at others who pray maybe more passionately than we do. Or, or we, um, we think that God must have given them this gift of, of being this mighty prayer warrior. And, you know, I'm just gifted in other areas. I'm just good at other things. You know, maybe they've, maybe they've got the spiritual gift of prayer. And that's something that I don't have. The interesting thing is when you when you look at it and you look at the, the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts that the Spirit gives, prayer's not listed. Prayer's not listed amongst them. And you look at the fruits of the Spirit and prayer's not there. Because the interesting thing is that prayer is not a gift. Prayer's a discipline. When I started to play drums, I wasn't very good. Um, I thought I was. My parents probably had to put up with a lot of banging, but thankfully it wasn't the violin, so it was okay. Um, some people might look at me now, and some people have said to me that, that I'm gifted or that I'm talented um, when I'm playing the drums. And whilst there, there may be some truth in the in the fact that I've got some musical potential somewhere within me, I didn't get to where I am today without practice and dedication and discipline. See, prayer's not included in the list of spiritual gifts. 
And the reality is, is we have the spirit of God inside us. We have that potential to be great at prayer, to be the prayer warriors or those people of prayer that we look up to and we we sort of put sort of on a pedestal. And if, if I could only pray like that, maybe my prayers would work better or something. You know, but they, they've worked at it. They've put in the time. They've put in the effort. They've put in the discipline of spending time with God in prayer. Prayer's not out of reach. It's not something that is reserved for the few or for those occasions when you're in church or for the super spiritual or for those moments when things are just going terribly and you need a bit of help. Prayer's something that we can all do all the time and that we're called to do all the time. So when we come to this passage in Ephesians, we've we've got a few questions that we can ask. And that these questions about, about prayer that I want to ask. Um, basically, we've got the what. What do we do? We've got the why. Why do we do it? How? How do we do it? When do we do it? And what do we do it about? So these are questions regarding prayer that this passage throws up. And these are the questions that I want us to address as we as we move on to the sort of the next level of, of prayer in our walk with God. And I want us to understand that that praying in the spirit, because we're talking about the spirit today, praying in the spirit is not something that's spooky or scary or for the few, but it's for everyone. The first thing that Paul says in this verse is that we need to pray. Second word, and pray. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Pray. That's the first thing. You know, we can be clothed in the full armour of God that Paul talks about in Ephesians. We can have the belt of truth, the, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the shoes or the sandals of peace. Shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. But if we fail to pray, then ultimately we will fail. Because you see, prayer is not put there as another piece of the armor. Prayer is this sort of comprehensive, overarching activity, this thing that covers and supports every single aspect of your life and your walk with God. In other words, we can plan to do everything that we think that we need to do. We can put all the things in place. We can suit ourselves up with all the armor. We can know all the truth. We can know the word of God and that we can have the sword ready. You know, we can have the faith ready and we can be suited and booted, as they say. But if we don't turn to God we're not constantly turning to the Father in prayer, then ultimately we fall short. So, why should we bother praying? Have you ever asked that question? What's the point? Like, if no one's ill, don't need any healing, what's, what's the point? I'll not bother for a while. I remember thinking, like, even going a bit further than that and going, if God's all-knowing, then why do I need to pray? Because he already knows. 
So what's what's the point? Maybe we should just not bother. I've seen some smiling faces, so probably these are questions that a few of us have asked. And without going into the issues uh, uh, with some of those sentences and some of those phrases, I wanted to have a look at, at what this actually is. And I, I kind of thought these kinds of questions about why should we pray are questions that we should really look at, not that we should just shy away from and, and not address, because we do need to question them. We do need to address, otherwise we're not going to move on, are we? We're going to be stuck in this mindset of, of going, well, I probably don't need to do it, but I feel like I should, so I'll probably say a couple of words, and then, then I'll just get on with the rest of my day. You see, sometimes it's not enough for people to be told, you should pray because the Bible tells you to. Or sometimes it's not enough to say, because God commands it. Sometimes that's good for a time. Sometimes... We're in that moment and we go, well, yeah, we should. We should pray. We, we're commanded to pray. But it's kind of out of obligation. It's kind of out of, a, of something we need to do. And so it kind of wears thin after a while. You, you get it in your head and you go, well, this is my, like my head knowledge of like, I need to pray. I'm supposed to pray, so I'm going to pray. Um, but it's not necessarily in your heart. It's a little bit like a fad diet, I think. Like... You, you'll go on this diet for like six weeks and you'll, you'll not eat anything apart from cardboard or whatever it is. <laughs> Don't try that diet, it's terrible. Um, you'll not eat anything and f- you'll lose the weight. You'll lose the weight and you'll, you'll get to a place where you've, you've lost some weight. But then after you've finished the diet plan, you're right back onto where you were before and you just pile it back on again. And it's kind of like that with prayer. It's like it's okay in our heads for a bit, but if nothing changes in our hearts, then we'll we'll never we'll never do it. I'll speak to you later. Is that all right? You see, I think that prayer stutters in obligation, but flows in relationship. Like any relationship, if you meet someone for the first time, um, it can be kind of awkward conversation might not flow right away depending on the kind of person you are if you're a massive extrovert then you might just meet someone and you just conversation flows but for me conversation can be a little bit sparse and a little bit drab at first um but then when you meet an old friend and you sit with them for a while you can kind of talk for hours because it flows from relationship but more than that i think that we're ultimately called to pray because prayer is our secret weapon One commentator was talking about the importance of prayer when looking at this passage. And I think it's on one of the slides. Yeah, he said, what makes prayer so important is that the weakest Christian can at any period of his life, at any moment of the day and in any circumstance, cry out to God for help and instantly have the resources of the infinite sovereign God at his disposal. It's a bit of a mouthful, but in other words, any one of us can call out to God at any time, any moment, and have his power, power of the mighty God, right there with us at our disposal. You see, it's our secret weapon in the spiritual fight against powers and authorities, against our own fleshly attitudes and desires. It's interesting that Paul puts this this whole thing about prayer 
after the whole thing of the full armor of God, isn't it? When he's talking about, you know, get yourself ready for this spiritual battle and also pray. And prayer's a big part of it. It's that force of heaven that, that can hold back the enemy. I, I was thinking and I, I was reminded of the old cheesy song that said, every prayer a powerful weapon. Um, but it's, it's not powerful if we don't use it, is it? It's not a powerful weapon if we don't use it. What's the point in being clothed in the armor and not using the weapon? What's the point? Paul says that we need to pray on all occasions. In other words, do it all the time. Another place he says, pray without ceasing. Someone once said, I, re- I rarely pray for more than 20 minutes, but I never let 20 minutes go by without praying. You know, whatever situation we're in calls for prayer. It calls for us to pray. And, and what, what should that prayer be about? What are we supposed to pray about? Well, in that verse again, um, Paul says quite simply, all kinds of prayers and requests. In other words, nothing's off the table. There's the two words there, the prayers and requests. They're not necessarily synonyms. They're not necessarily exactly the same. They're different words with different meanings. And all your requests to God are prayers. But not all your prayers are requests. Not all your prayers should be requests. Um, I think I may have another quote up there um, that said, Prayers include requests, but requests do not exhaust prayers. There we go. Same guy. Good guy. Um, prayers include requests, but requests do not exhaust prayers. In other words, we, we can pray prayers of thanksgiving when thanksgiving is needed, just like you would thank anyone in any relationship. We pray prayers of praise and worship when prayers of praise and worship are needed, just like you would in any relationship. Pray prayers of confession and humility when prayers of confession and humility are needed, just like you would in any relationship. And we also pray prayers of request when prayers of request are needed, just like we would in any relationship. On all occasions, we bring our prayers and requests to God, not because he doesn't know about them, but because prayer is our secret weapon. Not because he doesn't know about them, but because prayer transforms us and shapes our relationship with him. And so how do we pray? How do we bring these prayers before God? In what mind, in what sense, in what spirit? Paul says, pray in the spirit. And Julian said a couple of weeks ago, it might sound simple, but it's not always easy. And I think this is one of those phrases. Pray in the spirit sounds simple enough, but it's not necessarily easy. If we're going to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, remember that phrase from before, if we're going to be strong in the Lord, and his mighty power, we need to pray, but our prayers need to be in the spirit. Now, I want to be clear that Paul doesn't mean just pray in tongues. There's, there are times when that's appropriate. There are times when that's needed. But there are times when 
when it's not appropriate and it's not the most appropriate thing to do. There are times when we pray in silent reflection. Are those not in the spirit? What do we, what do we mean when we um, pray in the spirit? There's times when we pray boldly with a loud voice and we shout out and, and lift up our voice and get louder. Are those prayers in the spirit more than others? How does it work? Prayer in the spirit is powerful. And I want to set us up with what this means by just sharing a couple of verses. You just bear with me for a, for a few minutes as we do this. The first one is in Romans 8, verses 14 to 17. I think these verses are on there. I think. Yes, so Romans 8, verses 14 to 17 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we're children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. And then quickly over to 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, which also is on there. It says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. God's not given us a spirit of fear. See, prayer in the spirit, I think it comes from a place of understanding who we are and whose we are. That we're children of God. First of all, who we are is children and whose we are is of God. Children of God. And if we're praying from a place of being led by the Spirit, as Paul says in Romans, we're children of God. The Spirit doesn't make us slaves to fear, but God gives us a spirit of power and a spirit of love and of a sound mind. And it's out of that place that prayer in the Spirit should come from. It's out of that place of boldness that prayer in the Spirit should come from. From a place of power, from a place of love, from a place of security in who we are. Not from a place of doubt or a place of uncertainty. See, if we pray rarely, we might be unconvinced about the power of prayer. If we pray rarely, we might not see the results that we want. If we pray rarely, we might think that prayer is just about requests and is all about what we can get from God. But if we pray in the Spirit, we're encouraged. If we pray in the Spirit, we're tapping into all of heaven's power, all that God has. We're tapping into and we're calling on that as sons and daughters, as heirs. We're moving away from fear and timidity and we're coming boldly to the throne of grace. That verse in Romans says, the Spirit testifies with our spirit that we're children of God. We approach the Father with our prayers on all occasions, all kinds of prayers and requests, because it comes from a fundamentally different place. It comes from that place of relationship. It comes from that place of, of being a son and a daughter of God. It comes from a place of who we are. It's drawing on that secret weapon of heaven. Everything that God has, we call it down 
the same power that raised Christ from the dead that lives in us. We're calling down when we're praying in the Spirit. It's not about the words that we say. It's not about whether we do it in tongues or whether we do it in English or whatever other language you want to do it in. It's about the Spirit that it comes from. That's ultimately what it's about. It's a difference between, I think, treating God like a supermarket and coming in with your shopping list and expecting to find everything that you want. Or joining with God in the kitchen and cooking up a fantastic dish, dish for all the family. Paul says we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Praying in the Spirit comes from a different place than those little prayers that represent a little God. You know, God, find me that parking space today. Or, you know, God, just, um, just, just give me, give me a good day and help me to be happy. And, um, and just make me have, have a nice lunch. Or, you know, or like, God, bless this food that we, that we take in. If that's your only prayer in the day, maybe it is for some people. Those prayers, not that they're bad prayers, are not the ones that are in the spirit that are saying, God, we want to see this place transformed. God, we want to see people come into this building and be transformed by your love, by your grace and by your mercy. We want to see people walk out differently because of what you've done in their hearts. We want to, see, we want to look out into Kemptown as we walk around the streets and see the spirit of God moving in people's lives. That's prayer in the spirit, because that's calling down the secret weapon of heaven to actually change and transform things. Not that God doesn't know that, but he wants us to join with us in it. He wants us to join with him in it, even. You know, he knows what's going on. He knows the situation, but that doesn't matter. He wants people to work with him. He wants people to join with him. He doesn't want people to, to care more about what they're having for tea and that would be the only time that they speak to him. He wants people to say, God, I'm working with you in this. I want to see this nation changed. I want to pray a big prayer of who you are because I want to see change and transformation. That's what prayer in the Spirit is talking about. That's why we clothe ourselves with the full armor and we're ready for this fight because if we don't do that, when we're about to pray, pray in the spirit, we've not got all the other backing that we need. If we don't, if we don't pray, then what's the point? You're not going to get attacked if you're not calling, if you're not fighting, if you're hiding away. See, we've been on a journey. I'm going to close now because um, I've gone a bit over time, but we've been on a journey of prayer this week, and we've been looking at praying in all kinds of different contexts. And all different ways. And, and we've been praying into different parts of what the church is doing. And, and things that we want to do in the future and that kind of thing. Um, but this message, if you get nothing else out of it. I just want to say pray. Like that's the, that's the call. That's the response of this message. Is not, Don't stop. You know, just because we've been having a week of prayer. Don't think that you can pray less this week and have a bit of time off. Like, kick in more. You know, this is like this is like our warm-up. Our warm-up's done now, so now we can properly go for it. Keep going, keep striving, pray. Not out of fear or worry or doubt, 
Not out of that small place of, of not being praying in the Spirit, but praying the Spirit of God. Pray in the power of God, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, that lives in us. Why don't we tap into it? That's some incredible power right there that we don't tap into and we need to. Pray in the sure and certain hope that in Christ you're a new creation, that you have access to the Father and you join with him in building his kingdom. Come before him with requests, thanksgiving, with confession when it's needed, with praise. But don't give up praying. Don't require that special service or special occasion or that week of prayer or the monthly prayer meeting that you that that's the only time that you get serious with God. Find yourself in prayer. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna close like I say and, and I'll um, we'll go into a song. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.